This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with uh, Professor Tian Li, who is Professor and Fellowship Program Director in the Division of Gynecologic Oncology in the University of Ottawa and also Clinical Investigator at Ottawa Health Research uh, Institute. Welcome, Tian. Uh, thank you, Petro, for inviting uh, me to discuss our paper. And uh, I would also like to acknowledge Dr. Song, who is the first author of this paper, who is a radiation oncology resident who did most of the work on this paper. Well, fantastic. This this paper, actually, I think it's uh, it's, it's very relevant and, and obviously um, uh, deals with a very important topic. It's going to be the, the lead article for February in the International Journal. Um, and it's titled, A Comparison of Disease Recurrence Between Robotic Versus Laparotomy Approach in Patients with Intermediate Risk Endometrial Cancer. Um, and I was wondering if we can start by just, uh, if you could please provide like, sort of like the initiative and the rationale for putting together this study and, and tell us why your team felt that this was an, an important study to, to develop. Uh, yes, so um, in Ottawa, our division worked very closely together with the radiation oncology department uh, in our institution on intermediate risk cancer get uh, treated uh, with adjuvant radiotherapy and they are followed by the, our radiation oncologist subsequently. Um, so basically what prompted us to review this is that recently there had been a, a rash of a somewhat unusual recurrence in patient with intermediate risk, patient who were treated with radiation on uh, therapy uh, after robotic surgery. Uh, so that prompted us to review our own data. And with the recent um, uh, publication from the cervical cancer data, we would like to also review our data with respect to MIS versus laparotomy. Um, and furthermore, uh, when we look back in the literature, uh, there are not a lot of reports that have specifically focused on this uh, patient cohort. So that's, uh, that's what prompted us to review this. And if you can tell us just uh, starting with the discussion as to what was the, the primary aim of the study? What was your principal question for the study? Yes, so what we like to uh, study was to investigate the recurrent patterns and the oncologic outcome in patients who were treated with with the, on the robotic platform uh, who were classifiable as being intermediate risk for recurrence uh, after adjuvant radiotherapy compared to the same cohort of patients who were treated with laparotomy. And, and what were some of your inclusion and exclusion criteria for the study? So uh, this is a single center uh, retrospective study that we selected on clinically on clinical stage one endometroid type endometrial cancer uh, who were um, classified as being intermediate risk based on final pathology report. Uh, we define intermediate risk as being less than 50% myometrial invasion uh, with grade two or three uh, histopathology or more than 50% myometrial invasion with grade one and two uh, pathology on the final pathology report. All these patients were treated with um, hysterectomy and adjuvant radiotherapy between uh, the year of 2010 and 2015. Uh, in terms of exclusion criteria, we exclude all patients who were lost to follow-up, uh, those who received no adjuvant therapy, and patients who are 
having high-risk feature on final pathology, such as serous or clear cell histology, patient with grade 3 um, with more than 50% myometrial invasion, patient with uterine sarcoma, patient with lymph node involvement, and patient with stage 2 and higher. And, um, and if I can just ask you, just if you can explain briefly, why did you exclude those patients with very high risk? Um, because the, the we, why we exclude those is uh, our protocol have varied over the years and varied from uh, gynecologists from gynecologists in our institution. For those with high risk cancer, some of our division member would choose to administer chemotherapy; others will not. So we think that would dilute the analysis. And Tian, one uh, additional question, just to uh, clarification. There mm -hmm. were no uh, laparoscopic surgery patients included in the minimally invasive group, right? This was just robotic versus that open? Is, that, 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 that is fully uh, patient treated fully under the robotic platform. Okay. Um, so tell us, what, what was uh, the total number of patients in, in the study, and uh, what were your main findings? Sure. So the, there were, uh, in, we review on our endometrial cancer, cancer database that we maintained uh, prospectively. Uh, there were 179 intermediate risk patients. Um, 44 patients were excluded as no radiation was given. So for our study cohort, 135 patients uh, formed the, the study group. Uh, of those, um, 58 had laparotomy, 77 had robotic surgery. Uh, our main finding was that eight or about 6% of patients have a recurrence. Uh, on those eight patients who recur was in the robotic surgery group. No recurrence was found in the laparotomy group. When we analyzed the five-year uh, progression-free survival, uh, it was uh, about 92% in the robotic group and 100% in the laparotomy group. There is no difference in overall survival between the two groups. And when um, when looking at the at the breakdown of uh, patients between robotic surgery and laparotomy or open surgery, you know certainly, obviously, this is uh, an impacting message uh, suggesting that the robotic surgery approach may be associated with a higher rate of uh, recurrence. So those who advocate for robotic surgery, they might question, well. Are these numbers really numbers that can give you adequate information about the comparison? Uh, you know, in other words, can we really draw sure. a definitive conclusion from these numbers? Uh, absolutely. That, I think that definitely the numbers are very small. Um, um, so I don't think that you can make any definitive definite conclusion. Um, I, I would look at the, our conclusion or our finding as hypothesis generating. Uh, I think the important that will come from this, it, it would prompt um, various institutions to review uh, their own data. And hopefully we can pool our data together to come up with a question whether there is any impact or not with respect on how the surgery was done in this particular subgroup of patients. And one of the things that that I, I noted was about the results of the study was that there was a, a major difference in terms of time to adjuvant treatment between the robotic group, which I believe was 85 days, compared to the open surgery group, uh, 66 days, with regards, again, to the time to adjuvant uh, treatment. Can you explain as to 
Why was there such a, a difference? And some might say this is this is way too long after surgery to provide adjuvant treatment of 85 days in the robotic group. That perhaps this was something that could have impacted the results uh, of the of the study. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So the the reason why we our radiation oncologists have purposefully delayed the treatment was that when we were doing laparoscopic surgery. There was two um, spontaneous early bone dehiscences uh, post-surgery. Um, so um, that uh, raised some concerns. So our radiation oncologist decided to delay the treatment. Um, so how, how, having said that, however, if you look at our recurrences, out of the eight, five of those, uh, about 63% were distant and extra pelvic recurrences. So... Had the delay been a major factor, we would expect an increase in local recurrences where it, this is not what we have observed in our cohort. But so there's something that we should consider. I see. Um, and in, in terms of the recurrence difference between the, the groups, um, I think certainly it's quite remarkable that the robotics group, I believe, had a recurrence rate of 11% and the open group had none. Uh, wh why do you think... This is the case. Yes. So, so we had hypothesized that one is it, it, the, 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 the cause that you just mentioned about the delay uh, in the administration of adjuvant therapy. But secondly, we think that potentially it has something to do with the way we perform the robotic uh, technique uh, during the case. And what, that what, may have led to the recurrent rate. And what specifically do you think might be... Um, what indicates that the, the robotics, the way that the robotics was done might increase the likelihood of recurrence? So the learning from the cervical cancer um, experience to date, I think there's a lot to be said about tumor spill and exposing um, you know, free-floating tumor to the circulating CO2 uh, in a minimal invasive uh, robotic setting. Um, so what we think that we probably have done is to have excessive manipulation of the uterus and potentially spilling tumor either into the abdomen or into the vagina during either the surgery or during the extraction process that may have led to this um, observed increase in recurrent. But that, that's just a hypothesis for now. And with regards to the complications, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, because these are patients who basically had two modes of therapy, surgery and radiation therapy, um, were there any differences in terms of complications between the robotics group and the open surgery group with the added uh, radiation therapy? Um, nothing significant um, in, term, um, in term of overall survival. In term of the perioperative complication, they are few. Um, I believe there was a, in the intraoperative um, complication, there's only one intraoperative complication and six postoperative complications. Um, in the uh, robotic group, um, any uh, significant complication was found in about 3%. Whereas in the laparotomy group, it was about seven percent. I see. And uh, and do, do you recall if these were um, complications related primarily to the wound? 
um, with respect, so, so the local complication you said? No, just the the overall post-operative complications for robotics versus open. Oh, yeah. So it's it mainly in the um, uh, surgical site infection. I see. Um, and, you know, certainly you noted that there were differences, obviously, in disease-free survival, but not mm-hmm. in the overall survival. Um, why do you think uh, this is the case uh, for these patients with intermediate risk disease? Um, I, I think the why we did not observe a, a different in over survival had to do with our low number. Um, if you look at our recurrent pattern, uh, the majority are extra pelvic recurrences that uh, would be very much of a challenge to salvage uh, with standard therapy. So I think if you have a larger number with longer follow-up, um, uh, I would expect a different in survival. And then, uh, Tian, you mentioned, obviously, the, the, the small number of patients in the study, potentially a limitations. Um, do you see any additional limitations to the study? The additional limitation, I would say, is uh, that's a, at why we were doing the developing the robotic program at our institution, there were five surgeons um, doing the uh, procedure, and there was non-standard surgical technique among the five of us. And one of the things that I wanted to just kind of get, come back to was the issue of the, the really high-risk patients. Um, the, mm-hmm. you know, should we not be performing, and, and I know that your study does not answer this question, but I'm just curious about your thoughts. Should we not be performing minimally invasive surgery in patients with high-risk endometrial cancer or patients, you know, with yeah. deeply invasive grade 3, papillary serous, right, partial right. sarcomas? Right. So uh, that, uh, I, I think that it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, from what I know from the literature, there have been no study that have focused exclusively um, on this high-risk subgroup that you just mentioned, Petro. Um, from my point of view, I think there are two issues to consider here. Uh, first of all, um, the minimal invasive technique, whether it be laparoscopic or robotic, uh, should be an exact replication of the gold standard laparotomy technique. So one should not be cutting corner if you do MIS. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, number two, um, I strongly believe in the importance of minimizing or hopefully eliminating tumor still and tumor exposure to the CO2 environment uh, during the the, the laparoscopic or robotic procedure. So I think if you meet and comply by those two criteria, um, there is a role for minimal invasive approach in a high-grade tumor like what you mentioned. And then uh, have you uh, and your team changed approach in your institution regarding the management of patients with intermediate risk disease? Uh, based on the results of, of this study, and, and are you counseling the patients differently? Yes, we did. Uh, so we basically have informed the patient of our local finding, um, and as a result of what we observed, we have made a number of changes to our technique uh, and, and standardized our technique uh, when we do robotic surgery. So namely what we did was uh, we no longer use any intrauterine tip with the roomy manipulator, which is what we use as a standard. Uh, we suture the cervix shut with two strong sutures to minimize any tumor spilling during the procedure and the extraction. Um, we 
put a cotton block against the cervix and put it shut against the roomie to minimize any spillage outside of the um, uh, roomie. Um, we coagulate the tube at the start of the procedure and we remove the lymph node through the vagina or if the uterus is enlarged, we would put that in the bag and remove it to the vagina. So maximum protection and minimize tumor exposure to the CO2 environment. In addition, our radiation oncologists have now shortened the time of administering uh, adjuvant radiotherapy um, to um, uh, 10 weeks versus 12 weeks compared to before. Okay. Um, and uh, one last question I wanted to ask uh, your thoughts with regards should we be aiming to performing a, a prospective randomized trial comparing open versus robotic hysterectomy in patients that are either intermediate risk or even patients with high-risk endometrial cancer? Yeah, I, I, I think that would ideal, but I, I think it would be a, quite a challenging to perform, at least in high-risk patients uh, with endometrial cancer. What I think where we should proceed from here is for each institution to specifically review their own data with respect to this group and pool data, and if there is enough um evidence behind it, then there is ground to move forward with a randomized control and prospective trial. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Tien, and uh, certainly it's been a, a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, thank you for talking to me, Petro. Uh, I just uh, want to emphasize again the importance of uh, multidisciplinary cooperation to review outcome and as we introduce more and more newer surgical techniques, I think the focus should uh, also be on oncologic outcome rather than short-term outcome. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, uh, I want to thank you again, and uh, congratulations to your group for carrying out this, uh, this important study. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Petro.